And as we go through those problems, we either pass or we fail. But when we fail, as we learned at the beginning of this summer, we don't totally fail. We just learn how to get back up and keep going. What I want to talk to you about this morning is the hope that you have in Christ Jesus, that whatever it is that you're facing right now is not the end. No matter what hard time you have found yourself in, there is something so glorious and so wonderful to look forward to. How many of you have been to Friendly's before? When I was a kid, Friendly's at the end of every kid's meal had the happy ending Sunday. And the happy ending Sunday was, we didn't have a choice like you guys do, or the kid, my kids do now, but we, it was always the clown Sunday, and it was the, you know, the little cone on top with the M&M eyes, and it was, what I always look forward to, it was a happy ending. In a movie, how many of you, like, hate when you get a terrible ending? You know, like, Marley and me when the dog dies? What is the deal with that? Oh, and I, I, who hasn't seen it? Dog dies in Marley and me, sorry. You're lucky because I was gonna show you the clip, so you would have had to see the ending before you ever saw it, but I decided not to show you the clip. Why, why would I do that? Nobody likes that, everyone wants a happy ending. Don't you like hate when you see a movie and it doesn't even turn out the way you really want it to? I can't stand that. No? <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes you do. Bring your attention back here. But what I want you to see this morning is most of us have a desire for a happy ending. You know, that's not just at the end of your meal. You know, you're not just hoping for dessert. It's not just at the end of the movie you're looking for a happy ending. In your heart, you are created to desire something more. Get ready because what we're experiencing now is not the best. I want you to open your Bibles to Revelation 21, please. Revelation. You, have made, you may have never seen Revelation in your Bible. It is the last book of the New Testament. It is the revelation given by the Lord Jesus Christ to John, the beloved of the Lord, the beloved disciple. The book of Revelation chapter 1 tells us, I want you to go to Revelation 21, but the book of Revelation chapter 1 tells us that you're blessed when you read this book. You become blessed by knowing the end. Sometimes... Sometimes when we read the end and we find out what happens, we can be a little bit sad. We can be discouraged. But I want you to read Revelation 21 with me this morning. If you're there, say, I got it. Now I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw a holy city, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. 
But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars, they'll have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I can't read to you Revelation 21 and give you the whole picture, but what I can give you this morning is the hope that we have. And sometimes in life we go through struggles and we go through trials and we really don't understand what we're going through. We can't understand why we have such a loving Father and a loving God, and yet we still, as born-again believers, have to go through this trial, have to go through this test of faith. But God wants you to know this morning that what you are facing right now is not the end. And no matter what you will endure in this life, no matter what comes your way, it is not the end. And Revelation 21 not only gives us the hope of tomorrow and the fact that God will wipe away every tear. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more pain. No more death. Man was never intended to die. The only reason we have ever tasted death both spiritually and physically is because of sin. But God is working all things together, and he is about to complete this whole package. You think that God has been silent for 2,000 years since Jesus has been on the earth, but he has not. He is still working all things together, and he is about to and continually unveiling and revealing his plan. And the truth is that if you are in Christ Jesus, this is the hope that you have for tomorrow. It is also the strength that you have for today right here and now. How many of you know that if you, if you go back to school and you know you got this test on this Friday and, and you can't wait for the, all you're looking forward to is the weekend and Thursday night you go to bed and you have this dream and in your dream the Lord comes and he speaks to you and he says, don't worry about the test. You've studied hard. You're gonna get 110 on the test. You say, how can I get 110? He tells you, you're gonna get, a, you're gonna get every answer right and you're gonna get all the bonus questions correct. How confident would you be walking in there the next morning? You know that this dream was from God. You'd be pretty confident walking into school the next morning, wouldn't you? God has given us the book of Revelation so that we can be confident in this life that no matter what we're about to face, he is with us, he is for us, he is not against us, and he will be our strength and we will overcome. And it's important to look at this and say, okay, I'm a born-again believer. Go back with me to verse 4. If you're born again this morning, that means that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your personal Savior. Verse 4 says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Who has ever cried a tear? Men, don't be afraid. Don't be shamed. I've cried before. Some of you guys are still having a hard time raising your hands. It's okay. There are pretty ladies in the room. I understand. And God will wipe away every tear. By the way, guys. Girls really like it when you're sensitive, so <laughs> not that you have to worry about that right now. You know, my wife always does that to me. She, I cry at a movie. She's like, are you, are you crying? I'm like, no. <laughs> Man, she ruins it. Why? Just let me cry. I don't want you to know I'm crying, all right? <laughs> oh, man. But they do appreciate sensitivity. And there's nothing wrong with being a strong man, a strong leader, and being able to shed a tear. Jesus himself cried and wept over Jerusalem and wept as he was facing his hour of test. Verse 4, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death. How many of you have ever experienced death of a family member, of a friend? Anyone ever experienced death? How painful is it? One of the most painful things you've ever endured, is it not? If you've ever lost someone close to you? There should be no more death nor sorrow. Who's ever been sad? Nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Who's ever felt pain? Physical, emotional, pain. For the former things have passed away. 
And then God's saying in verse 5, I make all things new. You and I, it's hard for us to wrap our physical minds around the fact that there's a God who will one day end everything that we're facing right now and bring in this world and bring in this life where we don't have to taste death and sorrow and pain and crying. But I want you to know, while this is a promise for tomorrow, God says, you can know that this is coming, and so rest in me. Sometimes we look at our life right now and we say, God, if you're telling us you're going to do this, why haven't you done it already? In the book of 1 Peter, Peter says, don't think that God is slow concerning his promise to return and send Jesus back. God is not slow. Who in this room knows why God is taking such a long time to send Jesus to return? What does Peter tell us? Peter says that God is taking a long time. He is long-suffering because it is his desire that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Isn't that so nice of God, that God hasn't ended this thing, but he wants to give almost every person an opportunity to come into repentance and a real relationship with him? It's not only a promise for tomorrow, but it gives us strength for today. Sometimes knowing the end of the story will remind us of what's to come, but it also gives us strength to endure today. Flip over in your Bibles to the book of Psalm chapter 91. Psalm chapter 91, please, verse 15. In Psalm chapter 91, verse 15, God is speaking here. If you get there, when you get there, say, I got it. God said, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Read the verse 15 again. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. I will be with him in trouble. How many of you have ever faced trouble? How many of you always feel like God is right by your side when you're going through trouble? What's up, brother? Good to see you today, man. Love you, bro. Good to see you. Good to see you. You always feel like God is by your side? Well, let me tell you something. I haven't always felt like God is by my side. And sometimes we cry out in our heart and we say, God, where are you? God, why are you not answering? Where where are you right now? Anyone ever been there? Or am I alone in this? God, where are you? God, if if you're so great, why and how am I going through this? I'm being real with you this morning because there's no way to grow in Christ if we're not real with one another. See, the question can come to our mind, and it can rise up in our heart. God, where are you? But the truth is, God said in Psalm 91, 15, I will be with him in trouble. Sometimes when we find ourselves in trouble, and we're facing a situation that we feel like we can't even endure, and all we want to do is quit. Maybe thoughts of suicide are flooding our mind. Maybe we're sick and tired of hearing this argument with mom and dad. Maybe we're, we're really sad that we lost somebody, and we prayed, and we don't understand. We say, God, where are you? And God says, I am with you in trouble. See, the enemy wants you to think that every time you fall into trouble and you fall into trial, that God is punishing you, that there's something wrong, that he's, he's punishing you for something. But God says that is not the case. God says, I am with you in trouble, and I will deliver you. And it's important to remember that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God is with you. He is your strength in trouble. Psalm 138.8 tells us that the Lord will accomplish all that concerns us. That's a scripture you need to get deep down inside of your heart. 
Because you will face trials and you will face struggles. And there will be times when you will cry out like David and say, God, if you're real, why am I going through this? And you need to know that God has not left you. God has promised in the beginning, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God sealed that promise in the only way that he could in Numbers 23, 19, when he said, I am not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. It is impossible for God to lie. So if God said he'll be with you in trouble, you can know when you face that trouble, God is with you, whether you feel like it or not. And it's also important to remember that he will deliver you. So we have the promise for tomorrow that Jesus is returning and God will make all things new. We have strength for today because God is with us. The other thing that we have is we have a warning. If you go back to Revelation chapter 21, I want to read to you this morning a warning. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. If you get there, say, when you get there, say, I got it. Revelation 21, 8 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all the liars have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I want to give you a warning this morning. Sometimes as young people, we walk around and think we can do whatever we want without any consequence. And we've talked about that at length. Sometimes as young people, we believe the lie that the media tells us. I want you to know that the media is not their fault. The enemy is using the media. The media is just gullible enough to just put out whatever he wants them to. What you see in video, what you see on television, what you see in print no longer has to be the truth today. There was a time when these people and I were growing up in this world when if it was in the papers, it had to be true. There was a certain you know, legality that, that went with it. But you can read stuff now that is not true. And so it's important to know that you're being fed lies all the time. Not everything is as it seems. God, uh, well, the enemy, rather, is trying to shape your mind so that you think things are worse and there's nothing that, that can be done about them. But I want you to know this morning that there is a warning for you. You cannot do anything you want and not have a consequence. You see how this, can you read this with me again? It says, let's go to the last part of verse 8. It says, they'll have their place in the lake which burns with fire, which is the second death. There are two types of death. Two types of death. Jesus said in the book of John, he who dies, if he is in me, though he dies, he will never die. Well, Jesus, what are you talking about? He will never see death. There are two types of death. There is a physical death that everyone must face here on this planet. There's a physical death. The Bible says that death is the last enemy. And it's the physical death that we all have to meet someday. Hopefully when we're all very old and we don't need to be here anymore. We've accomplished our plan. That's our belief and trust in God. That's the first death. But there is a second death which awaits those who have turned their back on God. And that second death is a death that is worse even than hell. Hell is a temporary holding place right now now for those people who have turned their back on God. But there is a time and a day coming, Revelation tells us, where it won't just be hell. It'll be the lake which burns with fire, where the enemy himself will be thrown into. Not Right now, the devil has authority to torment people in hell, but that's a temporary holding cell. There is a day that is coming where God will say that everyone who has turned their back on him, though it pains and grieves his heart, he will send off to the lake of fire. And the warning for you and I this morning is to open up our eyes and think, there is a possibility. There is a second death. If I do not heed the words of the Lord, 
that I will not experience what he has for me. God has only good and wonderful things for you. But if you do not heed the voice and do not listen to his command and close off your heart and harden your heart, there's nothing more that God can do because you, my friend, have your own free will. God's desire is that all should come to know him. But for those who turn their back on him and die physically, they go to a place of torment. But there is a day that is coming where God will judge the living and the dead. And then they will die the second death, which is to go into the lake of fire. That's what that's all about right there. So that warning for us, the Bible tells us, is not a warning to scare us, but a warning to charge our hearts that we would know there is only one way. There is only one way through the one true and living God. And he has made a way through his son, Jesus the Christ. It's the reason you see the picture of the cross with him hanging on it. He is the only way. There is no other God. There is no other religion. Jesus is the only way. In a couple weeks, you're going to go back to school. You're going to hear all sorts of things. You're going to get an opportunity to believe anything that you want. But I'm telling you here on Sunday, August the 19th. I don't even know the date, but I'm going to tell you this morning. On Sunday, August the 19th, there is only one way, and his name is Jesus. And if you choose him, though in this life you will face trials and you will face struggles, he is with you always, and he'll never leave you and never forsake you. Choose life this morning. Choose the answer, the only answer, and that is life in Jesus Christ. He's our hope. He is all that we have. He is all that we have. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for your word that has gone forth. Thank you that your word is being written on every heart here and is being sealed in every heart here. And Father, I thank you right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would just move on every single heart in this room, that you would encourage, that you would empower, that you would lead, speak to every individual right now. Thank you, Lord. I just want to give a moment for God to begin to move on your heart. There are some of you in this room that just you really haven't surrendered. You know that Jesus is the answer. You've heard this thing preached enough, but you just haven't surrendered yet. And I want to just allow time for God to move on your heart right now. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and sweep through this room and just encourage every individual Father, there are, there are young people right now in this room that are, are in such desperate need for you, facing things that I never had to face. And I pray because you know, you know what it is that they're enduring. And they might believe in their heart that you have left them. They might feel abandoned right now. But Father, you're knocking at the door of the heart.